Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. With the cost of living crisis continuing to have its effect on all of us, where do we turn when we want to borrow money and we can't borrow from our own bank? Many people are turning to loan sharks, but quite unwittingly. But what is a loan shark and how do they operate and how much do they charge? To tell me more about loan sharks, I caught up recently with Kath Williams from the illegal money lending team and Stop Loan Sharks. And I began by asking her to try and identify for me what exactly a loan shark is. So a loan shark, illegally speaking, is somebody who lends money without authorization from the Financial Conduct Authority. So if you want to lend money as a business, you have to apply to the FCA for permission to do so, and they will do various checks to make sure you're a fit and proper person. So things like you're not an undisclosed bankrupt or you haven't got fraud convictions, things like that. So loan sharks don't have that authorization, and that's a criminal offense that they commit. But of course, I guess they must have, you know, a reserve of money because if somebody says, oh, I'd like to borrow, you know, X thousand pounds, they've obviously got to be able to lay their hands on that to start with, even if they're a loan shark. Absolutely. So sometimes we will see that being money laundered from elsewhere. So we do have organised crime groups who are loan sharks as well, and they'll get money from drugs or even modern day slavery, people trafficking, and they will launder that money back through the community by giving it out in loans. Or what can happen is that loan sharks start small and then build up. So they'll start maybe just lending to two or three people. um, And then when they get a return on their money from those people, they can expand how many people they're lending to. And sometimes it can be they've come into money from, from somewhere, and and that's what they choose to do with it to try and and make some money back all sorts of different ways of being a loan shark how common are they because i would guess there's probably more of them in this day and age because the public i think to an extent are more vulnerable now as a result of the economy going wrong Absolutely. So there was a report done in March this year, so that's before the cost of living crisis, and that estimated that 1.08 million people in England alone are currently using loan sharks, and that's up from 300,000 households, which was the previous figure we used, which was 2010. So that's over a threefold increase in just over 10 years. And is that because the interest that they charge is less than, you know, an authorised outlet? Uh, I don't understand why people are going to them more than, you know, a banker building society, a recognised and, as you've said, authorised money lender. I think there's two main reasons. I think one is credit rating. So loan sharks will lend to anybody. They don't do affordability checks. They don't do anything like that because what they will do is lend you the money and then make that your primary debt. So whereas if I'm, I don't know, credit union and I'm lending you money, I will check you can afford to repay me and pay your rent, your council tax, your bills and everything else. Loan sharks won't do that. They'll lend you the money, then they'll say you pay me, you don't pay your rent, your council tax, your bills. We've had loan sharks who've said things like, you know, pay me, don't feed your kids and that's what they will do so they don't do affordability checks and will lend to anybody so that's the first one another draw i think for people sometimes is lack of paperwork so as well as lack of credit checks there's they don't offer paperwork so it's literally here's the cash right now off you go there's no idea of having to wait for for a credit check to go through or having to go in somewhere and sign documentation it's instant cash but the vast majority of people who borrow from a loan shark the reason they do it is they believe they're borrowing from a friend so they believe they're borrowing from their mate at work or Brian down the pub who they've known for years or the mum who chats to them at the school gate and that that person is their friend and they're helping them out. So they don't even try and get credit from elsewhere because they're borrowing from a friend in their heads. 
And of course, I mean, it's very clear from what you've said, these loan sharks have absolutely no morals, no scruples. They don't give a monkey's whether you've got money then, as you said, to feed your children, to put in the electric meter or whatever. All they want is their money. Absolutely, and they will charge extortionate rates of interest as well. So we've worked with people who borrow six, £700 and have paid back literally tens of thousands on that loan. We can evidence APRs in excess of 4 million percent that loan sharks have been charging. But at the point at which you take out the loan, they might say double bubble, so you pay back double what you borrow, but they probably won't mention interest at all. It's much more, you know, I'm helping you out, pay me back when you can, and it's only much further down the line that people realise what they've got into. I mean, I would think, though, but again, I suppose people don't know and people, as you say, believe they're borrowing from a friend. But if you, you know, 4 million percent, that, that should set an alarm bell going. I mean, some of the APR that you see on banks and building societies and other authorised people, that's high enough. And you think, oh, crumbs. But four million percent yeah but the loan shark wouldn't tell you that ever you know this is our financial investigators working it out from from records that we seized from them during investigation they they probably wouldn't even know it was four million percent themselves it's much more that they just keep coming back for more money so one of the things that's a classic loan shark trick is if you miss one payment they'll double what you what you owe so let's say you borrow a thousand pounds and you're paying it back a hundred pound a month so they'll double it for interest so you owe them two thousand pounds you pay it for five months no problem at all you know £1,500 and then the car breaks down and you just can't afford it for that one month so they'll double it to three grand and you pay it for maybe even 10 months and you get it back down to £2,000 and then it's Christmas and there's pressure from the kids and the boiler goes at the same time and you've got to get someone in to repair that so you miss a month and they double it and you owe £4,000 at no point have you received any more money than your initial loan but you suddenly owe £4,000 and yet you've paid over £2,000 and that's what they'll do it's all sort of a trick and, and um, a cycle of debt that they trap you in and I often say that initial loan that's just a hook and they get you in that way and then they just extort money out of people, basically. Apart from that, what other examples um, have you got that for things that happen to people who use loan sharks? I mean, that, that's one. I mean, that's bad enough, clearly. But what other things can happen? So from financial point of view, we've seen loan sharks where they don't actually lend you the money, they'll rent it to you. So yes, you can have £2,000, but the sum of rent on that is £200 a month. So you're paying me £200 a month, but you're not paying back the £2,000. You still owe the £2,000 because I didn't lend it to you. You're renting it from me. And until you can pay me the full £2,000, you will pay £200 rent every month. But because you're paying the £200 rent, you can't afford to save the £2,000 to pay them off. We've seen that happen. But I think in terms of what loan sharks do to people, it's the coercive control control methods they use mm. to make sure you carry on paying. So we have seen loan sharks use explicit threats. You know, if you don't pay me, I will kneecap you. But that actually is very rare. A lot of the time, it's much more subtle than that. It's much more about a threat of telling the boss that you've got your hand in the till because you owe me money. A threat of telling your partner that you've borrowed money from me because they don't know about it and that's going to cause you problems. You know, a threat of shaming you. So we see a lot of illegal lending sometimes in migrant communities and the threat there is very much about telling parents back in the Philippines, Thailand, wherever else, that you're in the UK bringing disgrace to the family name because you're not paying your way and you're not paying your debt. You know, we see loan sharks where they take passports as um, security against the loan. And again, if you're a migrant worker and then something happens back in Poland, for example, you need to get home, the loan shark's got your passport, so they literally control your access to your family. We've seen loan sharks take cash cards off people, so they control your access to your money. And they will, you know, go to the cash point on the day you get paid, take out the entire sum of money and maybe give you a couple of hundred pounds to live off. 
So it's all about control, whether it's psychological, financial, it's all about gaining control over people. That has a massive impact on people's self-esteem, on the way they view themselves, and it can isolate people away from their family, away from communities, and it can drive some people to the brink of suicide. Now, I guess this is where the illegal money lending team and stop loan sharks come in. Tell me about what they do. So we are a trading standards team. We are funded through the government by a levy on legitimate credit businesses. And with a team of two halves, I always say, so you have investigators who go out and look to prosecute the loan sharks. So we go, we get warrants to search their property. We are looking for evidence of illegal lending, things like, you know, big stack of passports that aren't in your name or loan records, either paper based or on a computer or on a mobile phone, sometimes written on a calendar, something like that. Um, and we're looking for evidence of illegal lending with a view to prosecuting that loan shark, taking them through the courts, um, having them potentially removed from that community, but also looking at proceeds of crime to take away their shiny things, as it were, and, you know, look at the ill-gotten gains, the financial assets they've got as a result of their illegal activity and seizing those and taking them off them. The other half of what we do is very much about supporting people. So we provide holistic support for anyone who's borrowed from a loan shark, that's looking at their finances, their housing situation, their mental health, anything that they need to try and put them back in the position they would have been in had Mr. or Mrs. Loan Shark not appeared. And alongside that, we do lots of campaigns to try and raise awareness of this crime, to try to get people to report sooner, because it takes on average three years for someone to report a loan shark, but also to try and stop people going to loan sharks in the first place. So promoting things like credit unions, CDFIs, as an alternative for kind of you know, safe, affordable borrowing rather than illegal lenders. Now, Dudley Council has won a national award earlier on this year in recognition of its efforts to raise awareness of the dangers of using loan sharks. Now, the local authority has been recognised by the England Illegal Money Lending Team, which is what we're talking about, for its initiatives tackling loan sharks and making communities safer. Now, the council has partner recognition accreditation, so that's good for them. What more do you think local authorities can do to signpost people to authorised outlets? I think I think it is really tricky um, because that you know everyone's so busy and we're doing an awful lot of work at the moment with various different teams and councils across the country. So housing, you know, things like revenue and benefits. If some councils still have debt advisors, we will go out and we will train their staff on how to recognise a loan shark victim basically and what that looks like and it, it is tricky because it's it's very unusual for someone to walk into a council office or even a police station and say help me i'm the victim of a loan shark it's about telltale signs it's about spotting something on an income and expenditure form that doesn't look quite right it's about someone who seems fearful that their friend you know needs paying before anything else and when we can go out and train people that has a massive impact in terms of them being able to spot the signs ask the right questions and hopefully you know support someone to contact ourselves but you know the biggest reason people don't contact us is they don't know we exist so i think you know any sort of social media campaigns putting us into publications that go out there anything and everything that can be done just to raise the awareness and i think there's still a taboo about illegal lending we ran a campaign at the end of september called ask the question and we asked local authorities debt advice agencies credit unions third sector organizations to ask everybody about a loan shark for a week just in the hope that, you know, they, they maybe would pick up somebody who hadn't displayed any telltale signs but was struggling. And I think as professionals, sometimes we need to, to work harder to remove those taboos and make it OK to talk about illegal lenders and OK to say, help, I've, I've done something, I'm, I'm in trouble, I need a bit of support here. So how does that blend into the Let's Talk Loan Shark campaign that you ran? 
That, that's exactly it. Ask the question. Let's talk loan sharks. And it's all about trying to make people ask the question. And, you know, the more we can talk about it, the easier it is for someone to tell us. You know, quite often we work with people who've been to debt advice agencies um, to talk about their finances because they've got rent arrears and council tax problems and credit card issues because they're paying the loan shark. And when we say, did you tell the debt advisor about the loan shark? They say no. And when we say, well, well why not? They say, well, they didn't ask. I didn't think they could help with that, so I didn't tell them. Or I'm embarrassed, so I didn't tell them and they didn't ask and I think sometimes it is as simple as asking the right question in the right way at the right time and that may be just the thing that someone needs to start opening up now very often people exhaust the regular routes to borrowing money um where can they get help if they you know if they if they still need to borrow but clearly don't want to go to loan sharks because debt isn't a bad thing but bad debt is and I think it's important to understand the difference between the two but moreover where one can go to if the bank turned around and say no or any other recognised lender. Absolutely and I think you're absolutely right to make the point that you know it's problem debt that's problematic you know most people I know are in debt I have a mortgage myself you know every, everyone uses credit to some extent in this country um, it, it's perfectly normal and perfectly reasonable to do so it's when it becomes problematic so I think the first thing to say is that we always say to people don't ever try and borrow money to get yourself out of debt you're much better to deal with your creditors you know talk to the council about council tax talk to the credit card companies and if need be contact someone like step change or pay plan who are charities who will help you with something called a debt management plan and will help working with those creditors or go to citizens advice or other accredited debt advice providers and get that advice the worst thing in the world you can do is borrow to get out of debt because you're just piling interest upon interest in that case well it compounds if you do, doesn't it Absolutely, absolutely. And creditors, you know, they're, they're, they're fairly reasonable in the main. They will work with people. What they struggle with is when people bury their head in the sand and don't respond to letters and phone calls and things like that. If you engage with them, the vast majority of them will, you know, agree to repayment plans, will be reasonable. You know, a lot of them will even do things like freeze interest if you're working with them, if your circumstances have changed on, a, on a, an amount that you owe. It's when people don't engage that it becomes problematic. But in terms of where you can borrow from, um, we work very closely with credit unions and CDFIs because, you know, what the amount CDFI they... What mean, Kath? Sorry. It stands for Community Development Finance Institution. Okay. So there's, there's various ones across the country. They're a bit like credit unions, but they can charge more interest so they can lend to people who are higher risk mm. than credit unions can lend to. But the good thing about both those organisations is that they treat you like an individual. It's not computer says no, it's how can we help you. And it may be that you go to them for an amount of money and they can't justify lending you that because it doesn't look affordable but they could maybe help you by lending you a smaller amount of money let you build up your credit history with them and then look at where you can go from there credit unions as well promote savings so as you're repaying a loan a lot of them will help you to save even a small amount of money against the repayments on that loan and that means that, you know, if it comes to it in the future and a, a tyre goes on the car, you've got just a little bit put away to give you a little bit of financial resilience. So they're the two places we would, we would promote people to go to. Uh, but I think the big thing is, if you are struggling with debt, then get debt advice. Talk to someone about that first before you borrow more money. Now, for anybody listening to us here and they're sitting there thinking that they're about to apply for a loan for whatever reason and they start to look through the internet, what's the best way to spot and avoid loan shocks? We've talked about, as you said, it's Brian down the pub, it's it's somebody at work, yeah. it's whoever. Um, but, you know, um, because the public are vulnerable, unfortunately, because of, of, of the times that we're in. And I mean, I wouldn't know how to spot a loan shark having not had this first part of the discussion with you. So what's the best way to, to, to avoid them? 
So anyone offering to lend you money on social media, I would steer well clear of. Um, authorised lenders wouldn't do that. If you want to check if someone is authorised, the FCA, the Financial Conduct Authority, have a public register. It's available online. You can search by company name, by individual name, by, by registration number if they've given you that, and you can check they are registered and authorised. One of the biggest telltale signs for us of a loan shark is someone who doesn't give paperwork. I would say 95% of loan sharks don't give paperwork on their loan. Any authorised business will give you paperwork because they have to. They have to tell you all sorts of different things like the total cost of credit, what the APR is, what happens if you miss a payment, how long are you going to pay for, and they have to do that in writing. So any loan that's coming your way without any paperwork, I would steer well clear of. And if you find that you are actually borrowing from a loan shark or you realise that there is a loan shark around, how is, he, is it to report them and how do you go about doing that? Very, very easy indeed. And we will talk to people anonymously. We'll talk to them in confidence. It doesn't have to be the victim themselves. Quite often we get family members who ring us because they're concerned about their son or their sister or their granddaughter. Um, and you can call us on 0300 That is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week hotline, and it comes straight through to a member of the team. We don't use call centres or anything like that. So you'll come straight through to a member of the team. You don't have to tell us your name. You'll be asked your name, but if you say, I'm not telling you, that's absolutely fine. We don't put any pressure on people at all, and we don't trace calls to see where they come from either. Um, we also have live chat available on our website. We introduced it during lockdown because we suddenly realised... If people were shielding or self-isolating, they might not be able to call a hotline number for fear of being overheard. So we introduced live chat on our website and about 10% of our contact comes now through live chat, so it's here to stay. The website's stoploansharks.co.uk and live chat's available Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. But also on the website, there's lots of videos and information about what happens after you report. We've got some victim testimony on there of people who've been through the, the whole sort of cycle from massive despair and, and, you know, people on the brink of suicide who have engaged with the team, the loan shark's been removed and they're now in a, in a better place. So I think that helps people as well gain the confidence to actually make that call. Now, we did some research and according to Citizens Advice, loan sharks have been known to force non-payers into prostitution and drug dealing. That's extraordinary. I mean, you, you know, we said at the beginning of this, they've turned around to some people and say, pay us, don't feed your children. Yeah. But I mean, you know, how low do they expect people to go in order to, to um, you know, pay their debts? And you can see how, how isolated they've made people, you know, that that seems a realistic thing to suggest to somebody, you know, and how much they, that they've pushed them to, to absolute desperation. But, yeah, we've, we've absolutely seen that. We, we had a loan shark um, in the northwest who used to drive people in a minibus to the traffic centre on a Friday and he'd give them lists of things to go and shoplift. And whatever you shoplifted, 10% of the value of the goods got knocked off your loan for that week and that was your way of paying it back. Um, the prostitution one is unfortunately common. The idea that, you know, um, if you can't pay me, I'll send men around when the kids are at school. You do whatever they want and they'll pay me and that'll come off your loan. Um, and we've certainly seen people, you know, forced to, to, to take drugs, um, to, to store drugs, to deliver drugs and all sorts of different things by, by lenders. A slightly extreme example, but it definitely does happen. Extraordinary. Now, where loan sharks are dealt with um, through the judicial system, I, I, do they get sent to prison? And sort of what kind of charges do they face? Because if they get, even if they get sent away to prison for however long, they're going to come out and do it again, aren't they? 
You see, I thought that as well, but they actually don't. Um, you know, it's very rare for us to get intelligence that someone's come out because I think what's happened is the community moves on. And I think that power base of being seen as being untouchable disappears. And because an awful lot of the victims believe they are the only person that this is happening to, when they realise, when they've, you know, they've, they've gone through court, there's been a press release saying that, that so-and-so has been put away because he's a loan shark, and he was lending to 62 people, and they suddenly realise this is a criminal, you know, and it, it removes that idea of someone being a friend. So actually, I think if you come out and you try to reoffend, you're much more likely to be reported back to us. And people realise that and, and, and move on. And like I say, the power base has gone. Loan sharks are bullies. And once you can stand up to them and, and can see that, that bad things can happen to them as well, I think it, it does remove a lot of the, the fear in the community. But in terms of the sentencing, so illegal lending itself, lending money without authorisation, carries a two-year sentence. Um, with a fine attached to it as well. But we prosecute for every offence that we find. So where it does get more serious and more extreme, we have prosecuted for rape, we've prosecuted for assault, for firearms, um, for kidnap, for blackmail. So they obviously have higher sentences because they're, they're perceived as more serious crimes. So we, we do use the kind of full extent of the law to make sure that the court can see the impact this, this can have on, on communities and individuals. Just give your website another mention, Kath, if you will. Certainly, so the website stoploansharks.co.uk and live chats Monday to Friday 9 to 5 and the hotline number is 0300 555 and that's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Kath Williams, liaise manager from the Illegal Money Lending Team and Stop Loan Sharks, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the programme live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8pm. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick.